Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. You know, Romans 12, 16 says, live in harmony with each other and don't think you know it all. And that really lays it all up. Live in harmony with one another and don't think you know it all. What a great verse for marriage. And I know that's kind of a summary of it. But today we're talking with Matt Lair from DareToBeDifferent.com. I got to know Matt Lair a little over three years ago as our church, First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks, was looking for a, a, a way to start mentoring couples and encouraging marriages to be solidified in our church. And God had Matt Lair cold call our church out of the blue and said, hey, I've got this marriage mentoring program. Are you guys interested in hearing about it? And we said, Lord, thank you so much. What an amazing plan. We're going to talk about that today. Matt Lair with Dare to be Different, welcome to the I Work for Him show. Well, thank you, Jim. I'm excited to spend some time with you. It's been quite a while, so wow. I'd love to see what God's doing in your life. <laughs> well, and, and I'm looking forward to actually seeing you face-to-face in a week and a half. I'm excited about that as well. You know, Matt, what I do with each guest that I bring on the show, before we get into a conversation about whatever we're going to talk about today, which today is going to be marriage, I, I ask our guests to share how Christ is making an impact in your life today. Please share that. Oh, my goodness. Almost every day I wake up, like my dad says, he, he goes to bed uh, praying to the Lord, wakes up praising the Lord. Um, I'm, I feel like I'm in a refinement process. I'm, I'm 
being refined, and that is something that's going to happen probably till I'm no longer breathing. <laughs> so right now he's just refining me to be a better a better husband, a better man of character, more patient, more loving, more giving. Mm. Now you just made a point there. You think that the refining will end when we die and, and enter into our eternal home. I don't know. You think we'll, we won't keep refining once we enter in the presence of our Heavenly Father? That's an interesting thought. I don't know the answer to that question. Don't know, but I'll let you know when we get up there. <laughs> I'm guessing that when I get up there, since my refinement will still have been just a partial process, I may still need some more refinement. Uh, and I'm good with that. I'm okay with that. Listen, you know, we, we met through the most amazing God incident in, in our lives over the last, it was really just, was it just three years ago? Or was it four years ago? I can't remember. I'm, I'm guessing it's probably almost four years ago. You know, we're First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks. There were several of us couples that just said, hey, enough is enough. We've got to do something to start fighting for marriages because it's impacting our church in, in, a, in a negative way. And we need to start being proactive instead of reactive. And, and as, as a group of people, we just said, you know what, let's just figure out our own way. We're going to start a mentoring ministry. And in the middle of that process, you cold called our church. As I know, you have done hundreds, probably thousands of churches across the globe or across the United States. And it was at the perfect time you called us and said, hey, I've got this marriage mentoring program. Are you guys interested in hearing about it? And what an amazing day that was when you and I met along with Tim Ferguson and heard your what God had laid on your heart. And that's really what I want people to hear today. I want to hear how you got there. But I also want people to understand what's going on in First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks and 3,000 plus churches across America. America, because I want these people, my listeners today, to go to their churches and say, hey, go to daretobedifferent.com. You got to look this up. You got to call Matt Lair because you guys need this marriage mentoring ministry in your church. That's what I want as a result today. Uh, I did it to my guest yesterday. He was a pastor of a church in Spring Hills Community Church in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And I got off the, the air with him. I got him on the phone. I said, do you guys have a marriage mentoring program? You need to check out this website because they didn't. So, you know, I'm so excited that you're here. But let's talk about how God got you here. You had a pretty intense business background before you got into marriage ministry. What did you do before God brought you into that marriage ministry? Well, Jim, like you, uh, there's many paths to the one you're on now, and mine was engineering. I was an engineer, worked for 18 years at a large worldwide company, loved my job, worked with my identical twin brother, had nothing but great things happening within that career. And so as we got advanced more and more and more, you know, you get into this thing, what I call the golden handcuffs, where when you're in a career, you've got your life set, your retirement set, your income, your days off, paid vacation, everything's covered, and that's kind of where I was when I started to dabble in ministry, and then it all changed. <laughs> so let's talk about that change. Let's talk about that change, because the story that really you laid it out for me, I, I had dinner with you and Pam years back, and, and you laid it out how God had, at, at first called you, through the pastor of the church you're in, to write up a, a curriculum for singles ministry. Didn't, isn't that the way it started? Well, the short version is I was dabbling in a ministry where I grabbed Bibles and would go into a facility and help boys, and when I got there, they assigned me to boys who were sexually abused. Mm. I have no idea 
how to handle somebody who's been sexually abused. I have no training. I have no background. I'm scared to death. Like, oh, my goodness, what did I get myself into? And these boys ranged from 8 to 18 years old. And there was probably, by the, I was, did this for three years, probably dealt with 200 boys. But what was happening during that whole time is God was shaping me. He was getting me ready for something beyond that. And that's just how it works. People ask me all the time, how do you get into ministry? I say this, just start dabbling. Let your heart lead you. Just start dabbling. You never know, God might turn that into a major calling that'll change the whole course of your life. <laughs> Absolutely. So you went from there, and then your pastor said, you guys were, were you guys newlyweds when he approached you, or were you not even? We new- were. There's something in between there. I okay. led a singles ministry for three years after that. I was uh, teaching, preaching, leading singles, volunteering. This is all volunteering. Six years of ministry as a volunteer, still working in the corporate world. Then I met Pam. Then our church came to me and said, hey, church was about 3,000 in size and said, hey, we need a marriage mentoring ministry, Matt. What do you, you know, what do you and Pam think about helping us get something in here? And I'm like, no, (laughs) I'm married one year. Come on, you're coming to the wrong guy. Long story short is they convinced us. We went out and got some training and we brought that into our church and we were off to the races with a very surface level at that time. I won't even mention uh, who, but it was just it was just built, uh, designed to help couples a little bit. So we trained up about 40 couples, and we were off to the races mentoring premarital, married couples, and I decided to start taking on couples who were really struggling. That's kind of how it all started. But now, you and Pam had to make some pretty tough decisions. When you went into marriage ministry, you... you you, I mean, you really had to make some tough decisions. You're an engineer, you're newlyweds, God sent you to this direction. What were some of those decisions that you guys had to make that were maybe more difficult than other people would have to make in going into ministry? Well, not everybody is called to full-time ministry. I mean, I think our whole life is full-time ministry, like whether it's in the workplace or whether you, God's calling you to quit your job and be a missionary or quit your job and start something. There's a, there's a lot of different variations. For us, about two years into leading this ministry, the Lord was really laying heavy on our hearts uh, this thought of quitting our jobs, and here's the reason. The mentors came back to me after two to three years of mentoring and said this, the processes, the methods, and the curriculum you brought into our church was good but not great. We need something far more comprehensive for couples who have no hope, filed for divorce, separated, angry, bitter, rebelling. We, we just do not know what to do with them. Help us. And it was because of that I went to Pam and said, Babe, I think it's time we consider quitting my job. So we fasted, and a week later, um, actually uh, about a week later, I went in and I just quit. And um, we, had, we had saved up a year's income or something like that. And so we were ready. We, we didn't just jump without planning or thinking or preparing. And we were prepared to, to sell everything, our home and our toys and our whatever the blessings God gave us. We were ready to sell all that. And then we just decided in one year we built a marriage mentoring method. We built a method with that team of lay people. Said, you know what, if we're going to build something that works for the field, let's have the field help us build it. Mm. And that was an amazing, that was probably the, one of the best decisions we could have ever made, because it's what I call street smart. And there's a lot of curriculums out there, and God bless them, and I have a lot of friends who've written a lot of stuff, and I love it. 
But one thing, when you train lay people to do the work of the Lord, it has to be street smart. You're talking about how in order to come up with this curriculum, you worked with lay people in your church so that the people in the trenches actually helped you write this curriculum. So it was a group effort and group tested. Uh, and, uh, and you tell me, tell me how that process worked. Well, first of all, I would like to remind you that when, you know, when we're helping couples, put yourself in the shoes of a broken marriage. And when you walk into a counseling room, or in our case, you walk into our home where you meet with mentors, um, it's a pretty scary thing. It's pretty daunting, and you've got to ask yourself what works, what doesn't. And we learned something by sitting down with 40 couples who've been mentoring for years using other, other miscellaneous tools we learned that a teaching curriculum rarely works with a really difficult marriage. In other words, a workbook or just a book, just reading a book or going through a workbook wasn't going to work for a couple in general. And I'm a big fan of books. I'm a big fan of curriculums, you know, but, but what they asked me for was a mediation method. Can I create, can we create a method of mediation, and so here it is, so we can create experts at mediation. And the, obviously the scriptures are going to come with us, teaching is going to come with us, but that's really what completely transformed my thinking. And what are we going to build here? We're going to build a mediation method so you can help any couple, any time, any issue. And that's how it all was, was sort of born. One of the one of the greatest things I think about the Dare to Be Different curriculum that you've put together, this marriage mentoring method, is that it enables churches to grab those married couples who may be pew sitters and may not be involved in any other ministries of the church, but because they've got a solid marriage and they're willing to invest in another couple two on two, it pulls those people in a ministry where they thought, there's nowhere for me to serve. I'm not going to serve in the nursery. I'm not going to serve in the junior high or high school ministry. I'm not going to serve with college kids. What do we have to offer? And all of a sudden you bring in marriage mentoring and it's huge because they've got that if they've been married any amount of time they realize they already know how hard it is they already know that it takes an investment and they would have loved to have somebody invest in their marriage and so to come alongside another couple and help them invest in their own marriage it's such a privilege and and i see it transforming marriages because as you invest in somebody else's marriage by spending time with them it helps your own marriage each and every time it does, and everybody knows somebody who's hurting in their marriage. I mean, you can't almost go anywhere these days, work, church, family, friends, neighbors, where you don't know somebody who is on the brink of a divorce. Now, for the first time, lay people, average lay people like me or you, uh, that don't have four degrees on the wall that say, you know, you, you got to have all these degrees in order to help other people's marriages, we've created a method for the average lay people to be able to go out and reach into the life of that hopeless, broken couple, and not only let God uh, let God help them transform it, but that couple might even find a deeper walk with the Lord. In many cases, through the act of marriage mentoring, couples are finding Christ for the first time in their life. That's what excites me. Yeah, that when you first went through it, and you talked about okay, week one, and you go, they do it, they do it. I call it a test. It's a hundred and thirty-four question survey, and then right. week 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 two, the introduction to the whole thing, and you say, but when we get to week three, after people are comfortable, you pr- have an opportunity, you've identified whether they're a Christ follower or not. You have an opportunity to present the gospel, and it's so powerful. And and I, 
It's amazing. I mean, what's really cool about this, and I don't have a counseling degree, but Martha and I have been doing marriage mentoring for years, and never have we ever seen something so easy to use because it's got the questions and the answers and the scriptures to match up to the questions and the answers. And really, you're teaching couples to solve problems on their own by teaching them this mediation method. I, I like to call it problem-solving method. I'm a simple guy. Um, but it's, it's, it's powerful. But it, and that's, that's why I wanted to have you on the show. You know, this is a workplace ministry show. We try to uh, talk about subjects that really encourage people to make an impact on their workplace and to look at their workplace like a mission field. And this tool on multiple facets really fits into that because if somebody is struggling in their marriage, we need to be able to refer people to a place where if both husband and wife are willing to work on it, a place they can go to work on it because not every church in Tampa Bay is working on marriages. True. There are there are a lot of them, but not 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 enough. Few, fewer than you think. Um, as I'm in churches all across the country, uh, um, many churches think that just preaching on Sunday is enough, um, or maybe a, a marriage class is enough. Those are all good things, by the way, but in my mind, they're not enough. Sometimes we need to meet with a couple one-on-one for a few weeks or four or five weeks, and get down to some nitty-gritty, get down to some real issues that are private, where in the privacy of their home, another couple, which we'll come back to that later, another couple can dive into our marriage and walk with us for a while. That's pretty powerful. Talk to me about where you came up with the name Dare to be Different. I mean, it doesn't say anything about marriage ministry, but it says Dare to be Different. Two things. Number one, we want couples to agree that being different is good. If we all just stay where we're at, then that kind of means we're not growing. So be different. Uh, grow. Uh, don't settle for average. Uh, be different. Head for, you know, set that bar to strive and, and to be in a marriage that thrives. The second thing we like about Dare to be Different is this. Raise your hand, everybody, if you would say you're really different than your spouse. I'm My spouse is crazy different than me okay <laughs> if that's true a lot of times we fight that it's like our all of our conflict comes because of those differences what we're saying to couples is we're saying be different difference okay embrace the differences dare to be different it's okay that you're wired different than your spouse god knows exactly what kind of mate you need he gave you somebody so different than you so that your blind spots are, are sort of filled, or your spouse can see your blind spots, and you can see your spouse's. But those differences, sometimes they're hard to manage. <laughs> yeah, and it is. Uh, I, I was interviewing a young lady today, and, and as she was describing her spouse, I said, yeah, isn't it funny how God always hooks us up with somebody completely different than us? Yeah. That, that's just the way it is. But that's so that we complete each other. And, and that's really right. when God created the male and female, and he created us so different, even though we got the same arms and legs, but we think differently, we, 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 we operate differently. But all of that brought together to be one in a marriage, that's what is the completeness of the image of God as he created us in his image. All of those differences together, you know, it, it's, it's amazing. And there's even a third meaning to it. We feel like it, we can all agree as a church and as, as the world, we can all agree that whatever it is we're doing on a large scale regarding marriage and family and helping them thrive and stay together, whatever it is we're doing, it's not working. We need something different. And when we built Dare to be Different, we took all that in mind. Let's build something that's leading-edge, Holy Spirit-filled, 
a process that people can use. It's street smart, but it's also, and this is the way I just shared it. I was in a training last weekend in San Antonio, Texas, and I said, hey, listen, there's framework to how we mentor couples. We build framework. That's okay. But there's a lot of room within that framework for the Holy Spirit to lead you, and the Holy Spirit's going to guide you. And lay people, the Holy Spirit can use you to help marriages in ways you never thought possible. And that's what's fun to watch. Matt, right before the break, we started talking about, hey, next weekend, the 22nd and 23rd of November, you're going to be coming out to Largo, Florida, First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks, to talk about it, to preach the sermon, How to Fix Your Spouse. So people can find out, there's three, you've preached it three different times, right? Yes, sir. How to fix your spouse? Who who wants to miss that one? <laughs> I can't imagine. I yes. can't hardly wait. I've hey, waited. Tim, for... You don't even need to go. Just send Martha. <laughs> 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 wow. Well, I, I know you're right. I know you're right. I hope, honey. I hope you heard that one. Matt just said you don't need fixing. I do. So. That's right. Oh, good. Thanks for that, Todd. Now I got everybody ganging up on me. My wife already knows that I know I have serious issues. Uh, I'm a very lucky man. But the good news is, Matt, that's like the pot calling the kettle black because you married way above your pay grade, my friend. I've met your wife. She's unbelievable, just like my wife is unbelievable. So we both could just send our spouses to that sermon. Okay. That's right. And the reason why I wrote that sermon is because often people come into the marriage counseling arena, they they don't come in the door saying, hey, fix me, fix me. Uh, They come in saying, hey, man, fix this, fix my spouse, fix them. They're the problem. And the same thing happens often, even in marriage classes or sometimes even at church, uh, where like your pastor might say something and the Lord inspired him and it was like a dagger of truth, you know, it's like a really good, a little dagger of truth. And what do we do in the middle of that sermon? We elbow our spouse and say, hey, baby, <laughs> that was for you. That wasn't for me. That one was for you, a zinger. And so I wrote a message on that and really wanted to dive into this thought that how do you fix your spouse? So I can't wait. Mm, yeah, and we're not going give to away, give away any of the secrets but it is coming up on the 22nd and 23rd of November at First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks, Saturday night at 6 o'clock, Sunday morning at 9 and 1045. How to fix your spouse, you gotta go. You gotta go. And uh, the, the cool part is that, that we've recruited, and we, I think we've got 24 trained marriage mentors at First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks. We've got another 10 that you're training on the 21st and 22nd. So we're well prepared for all those people who want to learn how to fix their spouses for them to come forward and realize that God needs to work on them. Hey, I preached that message last weekend in San Antonio. We had 150 couples sign up to get help after the sermon. Can you imagine in one weekend, one church, 150 families, 150 couples signed up and said, we need help, and then we connected them to our newly trained mentors. So praise God for that. How big of a church was that? Uh, That church was 6,000. Okay. All right. So that means that potentially we could see 75 or 80 couples at our church do the same thing. And you talk about changing the tide against the enemy in a church. You got to realize people, and people don't even think about this, but the ultimate goal of the enemy is to destroy the family. Because if you can destroy the family, you destroy the very fabric of society. And you start to destroy the family and you start screwing up kids by destroying a marriage between mom and dad. Because if mom and dad separate and get divorced, then the kids are never the same and their kids are never the same. And the enemy knows this. That's why he's been tearing apart the fabric of our society. 
for 60 years, very, very successfully. We're fighting back, and this is one of the ways we're fighting back, daretobedifferent.com. Matt, now, how many churches is the Dare to Be Different program in across the nation today? You know, I don't have a number. Um, You're an engineer. Engineers have numbers. Come on. It's easier for me to tell you how many mentors that we've trained. We're just under 6,000 mentors, somewhere between five and 6,000 mentors uh, in seven different countries. It's in Spanish. It's in English. And so, yeah, we're excited about that. And you know what? I'll even go one step further and encourage your listeners to come on uh, that weekend. It's in two weekends from now, because here's the thing. How do you fix your spouse? Listen to this. My mom comes to my father, and they were only married a few years. They had two kids, and she says, I don't love you anymore. I'm out. Matter of fact, I've been seeing somebody else, and I'm going to go be with that guy. And she left my dad for this, her lover. And in my sermon, I'm going to share, how did he fix my mother? How did he fix his family? What did he do? Because just last Saturday, they celebrated 60 years of being married. Praise God. That's... I'm going to share. How did he fix his family? When his... And she left him for her lover and with her lover. What did he do? I'm going to share that in that message. <laughs> wow. What an awesome privilege that is to help your parents celebrate 60 years of marriage. Let's talk about, let's describe the Dare to be Different method for people. I know it's hard to do it with that, but we, we could just go with the baseball diamond methodology so people can picture that. At least everybody knows what one of those looks oh, like. So, it's, so, yeah. So it's great. easy. It's easy. Uh, there's, there's like playing baseball. We actually have a baseball visual, so it's very easy. Take an issue. I don't care what issue you're going to help another couple on. And now I'm speaking to healthy couples who want to help other couples. How do you do that? All right, number one, you pick an issue. Second base is where you validate the issue. How often does it happen? To what degree is it hurting you? What's, what's going on here? Third base is where a solution to the issue needs to be extracted for the first time. We need to get that I- solution out on the table. The key to good mentoring is you don't solve the other couple's problems. They have to. So the solution comes out of the person who's wounded within that marriage. And then they get to negotiate. So the solution has to be articulate and measurable. It's like, this is what I need. This is specifically what I need from you in order for my heart to heal and for me to move forward. And so then whatever that, that issue, whatever that solution is, they, they then begin to negotiate. Because, you know, it's not fair for me to demand that Pam always do what I want to the detail. That's not fair. So sometimes i got to give a little. Sometimes we get to go back and forth and negotiate. When we come to an agreement, that's a score. That's when we land the plane. We've come to an agreement with an articulate, communicated, agreed-upon, detailed solution to our problem. And all of a sudden, that's a score. That's huge. It's a huge step in the right direction. That's the process. All right. So first, they they they, they identify an issue. They validate then the issue. They they come to a, they they offer solutions to the issue. They negotiate and they finally agree to a solution. I think that's one right. of the most powerful ways is that how you pick the issue. You have each spouse take a hundred and thirty four uh, question survey, and if they've been married before or it's premarital, it's more questions than that, and they identify. Um, you, you've got all these statements and either agree or disagree with these statements. And then you, through some mathematical formula and a big Excel spreadsheet, you compare their answers and you know they're supposed to either agree or disagree to the question and you come together and compare them and determine 
things that they disagree on where they should agree or things that they agree on that they should disagree on. And you identify those those points of a confrontation, those those issue points so they can start working through them. That's right. I mean, we don't ever want to put a mentor couple in the home or in front of another couple without a plan. And so we created this software where every couple has to fill out a survey. It's 177 questions in total, and it prints an eight-page report. That report tells the mentor couple the exact issues they're going to be addressing for 10 weeks. There's no guessing. There's no chasing rabbits. There's no wondering. And we're going we're gonna to take on the issues in that marriage based on categories. So we mentor by category, such as communication, parents, uh, parenting, friends and hobbies, money, sex, faith, our walk with the Lord, what's going on with religion and, and God in our marriage, and so on and so forth. So we're going to tackle one category at a time. One category might take two weeks, but we're going to stay on it until we get all those things resolved. Yeah, it's very, very powerful. And we always start with communication, which is very, very powerful. So what what I really want to do when we come back, I want to talk in more detail about some of the things that you've seen and how it's impacted. But I want to remind my listeners, the reason we're taking... I work for him and we're talking about marriage today because if your marriage needs work and you're ignoring it and you're going to work each and every day and you're ignoring your marriage, eventually your marriage is going to destroy your business or your job because you've got to work on it. You constantly need to invest. And so that's why we're talking about it today because these things are important. And if your marriage is solid, it also gives you an opportunity to be an example for other people. So it's really a powerful witnessing tool, but it's also, Matt, I'm sure you've seen it. If people's marriages are falling apart, their businesses will suffer. Have you ever seen that? Uh, yeah, many times. Here, here's the short way for me to say it. As goes your marriage goes your life. The glory of kings is to search out a matter. Proverbs 25.2. Do you regularly ask your employees how you can assist them in their jobs? Your staff may be experiencing difficulties or frustrations on the job, or they may have questions that are going unasked and unanswered. The wise manager will create opportunities for these issues to be brought forward before they fester and begin to affect the employee's performance. When you meet with employees one-on-one, always ask about any obstacles they are facing, and if there is anything you can do to help them with their, do their job better. Allow time for them to respond and don't rush on to the next thing until you have received an answer. Not everyone will raise concerns, but they will appreciate being asked and will value your genuine interest. Ask the same questions at your staff meetings. Create a climate where employees feel comfortable bringing up their concerns and they will become more open in asking for assistance. If you want to improve your staff's performance, keep asking how you can help. Proverbs 25.2, the glory of kings is to search out a matter. You're coming down here to Florida from the frozen tundra of Iowa, which, did you get snow this week? Very little. It's flurries, but nothing's sticking. Yeah, but how cold is it? Uh, 26, Sweet. 27. I don't even think my freezer's that cold. Okay. All right, you're coming down here the 22nd and 23rd of November to talk at First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks all about how to fix your spouse. That's the sermon title. Don't miss out next Saturday the 22nd at 6 o'clock, next Sunday the 23rd at 9 and 1045. Come to hear Matt Lair preach the sermon, How to Fix Your Spouse. You don't want to miss that one. I can't wait to hear the sermon. All right, so we were talking about how marriages, you know, so goes your marriage, so goes your life. 
And, and and really, because this is a workplace ministry show, I really want people to understand the devastation that divorces can have on your business, whether you're just an employee, whether you're just a manager, whether you're the actual owner, any way around when your marriage is a mess, there's collateral damage from your children, your psyche to your job, your driving record. Everything is impacted when your marriage is a mess. Every even research shows that to be um, extremely true. Um, people are on depression medication far more because of a divorce. People are in poverty far more because of a divorce. Um, people are addicted to drugs or alcohol or all kinds of things because of divorce. I mean, I don't understand why it's not being spoke on in that way more often, but you couldn't be more right, Jim. Well, and I was an insurance agent for a lot, a lot, a lot of years, and I could tell people, if they called and told me, hey, Jim, I'm, I'm about ready to go through a divorce, I'm like, just stop what you're doing right now and recognize you are going to have a car accident. What do you mean, Jim? I'm going to have a car accident. Like, you're going to have a car accident? Just be careful. When you're having those over-emotional days, have somebody else drive you. Because 100% of the couples who went through divorces had car accidents. No way. 100%. It, I did not know that. Oh, it's a monstrous thing because they're so distracted with the anger, the bitterness, the pain, the hurt. They don't think straight. You know. You've wow. seen it. It's, but it impacts their driving record. It impacts their credit. Holy smokes, it destroys. People who go through divorces, their credit gets destroyed. Their driving record gets destroyed. And not to mention, their children and their grandchildren get destroyed. What's worse? I, I, I'll take the credit and the driving record, but your children and your grandchildren? Why sacrifice them uh, uh, for, for pride and, and when you can save it all? Because every marriage... Is fixable if a husband and wife can work on it. Let's talk about that for a second. I had a husband tell me one time that it was God's will that he divorced his wife and four kids. And I said, really, please tell me why is it God's will? And he said, well, because I feel better when I'm not with my wife. And then I said, oh, really? So how do your kids feel when you're not with your family and you're not with them? And he said, well, yeah, it's hard on them. They cry a lot. But he said, yes. And this about fell out of my chair. He said, my kids are tough. They'll get through it. <laughs> my kids are tough. They'll get used to it. Absolutely. Then I said, said, so you're banking a humongous, life-changing decision that's going to affect your kids forever. You're banking that decision off your kids' resilience. And let's talk about those kids 20 years from now, because that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing kids 20 and 30 years after divorce, because now they're 30 and 40-year-olds. These kids are a mess. They don't know how to be married. They don't know how to have good relationships. They don't know what marriage even looks like. And if you are a husband or a spouse contemplating divorce today, you need to understand your selfishness, your inability to work on your own issues is going to destroy generations. Here's what what I'll say, Jim. I, I don't want... I mean, of course, they come back to me and say, well, it's better to get out of a marriage that's toxic than it is to stay in it. It's better for my kids. Let me speak to that for a second. We're not asking that you stay in a toxic marriage. That's right. We're asking you to get help so that toxicity goes away in your marriage. Because here's what people don't know. When you bail on a toxic marriage, you're bringing all that toxicity with you. You're bringing that right into marriage number two, three, four, and five. So if you eventually have to face the toxic issues and behavior you both have, you might as well get through it in the marriage you're in. Get help before you get out. Mm, that is just so true. You know, one of the most positive things we can say today is that every marriage is fixable 
if the husband and the wife are willing to work on it. Every marriage. I have seen the most ridiculous situations worked through and forgiven. You'd never, ever imagine the statistics. You'd never, never in all your world can you imagine it. But every marriage is fixable if the husband and wife are willing to work on it. Listen, churches across America are, are, are joining in with DareToBeDifferent.com in order to bring this marriage mentoring process in. How do people find out more? Because every church needs this mentoring program. So how do they find out more, Matt? I'd say two things. One is if you live anywhere within the vicinity of Indian Rocks, Florida, come to the church. Come to the training. We have plenty of openings. Um, go on my website. You can register to come check it out for your church. You can sort of be like what we call a scout. And so you tell your church, say, hey, I'm going to go to this marriage mentor training, and I'm going to see if it's a good fit for our church if we don't go to that church. And then you can bring back all that you've learned and talk to your pastors and say, hey, what do you think about this? And you'll have the material to show them. Secondly, if, you're, if you live quite a ways away, just go to our website and contact me. Reach out to an email. I got things you can take back to your pastors and see if they can at least set up a phone call with me where I can walk them through the nuts and the bolts of how it works. Yeah, and listen, if anybody ever needs a testimony, they got Jim Brangenberg right here, and I work for him each and every day. If your pastor wants to hear more, I'll talk to anybody, anywhere, anytime. I am the number one advocate in Largo, Florida for DareToBeDifferent.com, and I'll go all over the place to tell people about it because I have seen couples' lives miraculously changed by the effect of the Holy Spirit working through this curriculum. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. I don't know, Matt, what else do you want to say? Well, it's simple to me. Just think of it this way. You're going to mediate. we got 17 pages of Scripture references that you're going to use, and you get to pick which Scriptures in every given moment. We're also going to teach you how to identify core sin in the life of that person you're helping. And then we're going to ask that person and both of them to acknowledge, confess, and repent to the Lord, because that's where true healing comes from. Mm -hmm. All over Scripture it says when we truly repent to the Lord, healing finds us. We're going to teach you how to do that. So here you go. Mediate, teach, confront in your home over 10 weeks in a way that's loving, kind, but also firm. In my opinion... There's nothing better out there. So come on out to First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks in Largo uh, on the 22nd or 23rd of November to hear Matt Lair with Dare to Be Different preach the sermon, How to Fix Your Spouse. Don't miss it. Look for more information on the, the, our Facebook page tonight. Listen, as we come to the end of another I Work For Him show tomorrow night, we've got Hugh Welshel with the Institute of Faith, Work, and Economics. He'll be joining us to talk about the biblical meaning of success guaranteed to be a real deep conversation because success in God's eyes is very different than success in Wall Street's eyes. Hey, the I Work For Him show is all about purposefully equipping vibrantly effective Christ followers in a workplace. So I want you to ask yourself, are you a Christ follower? Don't just call yourself a Christian by name. Have you really put Jesus Christ on the throne in your life? If you want to know more about becoming a Christ follower, send me an email, jim at iworkforhim.com, jim at iworkforhim.com. You're listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately, I work for him.